Ah, we are. I don't know what happened. I always sorted about me over here. Yeah, I always <laughs> from the soundboard. I don't even know what happened uh, here. Ah, we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one half of your co-host, Blake Rafino. I got the guy. You're like the New Jersey Conor McGregor. Let's give you that new nickname. How do you like wait, that? You what? like that one instead? It's better than Dahmer, but like, what's the reasoning here? I'm I'm curious on what the. What the I, I, no I by the way, I notice I cut the hair specifically I think that's to avoid it. the Dahmer. I think that's it. I mean, I wanted to call you Dennis the Menace. Remember Dennis the Menace? You're probably a little too young I'm, for that. I, aren't you? I'm I'm too young for that. I know the reference. I'm a little too young for that one, though. Admittedly, Mr. Wilson. You know that's also what Sean Payton's gonna be doing when he goes to Denver. <laughs> Anywho, we're not mm. here to talk about the the NFL. We're here to talk college football. Joe, it's gonna be really fun. National championship game coming up on Monday. We'll talk about the frogs and dogs. I like the dogs and frogs, print the shirts, but we'll talk about that. Maybe a little preseason top ten. Your boy Sam Hartman finally made his mm. announcement. Oh, oh, he went to Notre Dame. Whoever thought he was good. We're all to- shocked. We're all incredibly shocked that he picked Notre Dame. Hey, look, I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm sure we're going to get to it later on in the show. We don't need to talk about the tampering stuff anymore. We can talk about maybe what it means for Notre Dame. But I'm excited. This is great. Buckner looked like crap in that bowl game. Well, first off, Buckner is crap. He is crap. He's a good athlete. My my dad, and it's such like an old school line of thinking, who's a Notre Dame alumni, my dad's uh, response was put him at receiver, which – he's a good athlete. He's a great athlete, not a starting quarterback. He's also not a starting wide receiver. I don't know. I really don't know what you do with him, honestly, but Taysom Hill. No, he's not. As a resident resident Louisianian and a guy that watches the Saints religiously, no, he's not. You think Taysom Hill's better? Called him white Mormon Jesus. I I don't think Taysom Hill's Jesus. I don't think Taysom Hill's very good at anything. That I mean, he's a good athlete, so that's the same situation here. Great oh, athlete. You put him in, run some Wildcat. He can run the ball. He can run the ball. He can, he can run, run the ball, ball, but he can't do anything else. So it's the same thing with Buckner. Buckner's a really good athlete. That's what they did with when they had Jack Cohn. They were bringing him in as the uh, as the you Taysom know, Hill. Brian he would whip off runs. I thought Brian Kelly actually messed that one up. I, I like Cohn. Maybe, maybe I was wrong. Who knows? I mean, I don't watch enough NBC to find out, so. We're not here to talk about Notre Dame, Joe. We're here to talk about the dogs and the frogs. All right, we'll we'll do that. I really don't know what there's. What are some other things that we got on the table? What else you got for us? What's some things we can talk about? We're going to be talking about today. There's the one big game that we're going to be talking about, Blake. I want to dive in. I want to. I want to talk about the national championship coming up. And you're right. There's not a lot of other news. There's mostly transfer portal stuff that's going on and. A lot of movements. We've got Bobby Petrino that's heading to Texas A&M. But I'm just – a lot of these things are separate from the Hartman news. I'm just kind of letting it pass me by because I'm just so locked in on the game that's going to happen on Monday. By the way, you know the kickoff time is at 7.30? 7.30 Eastern or Central time? Yeah, Eastern time. Okay, well – I got to be honest. I, I kind of like that. I like the five o'clock, six o'clock kickoffs. I mean, I know it sucks for everybody on the West Coast. Yeah, but uh, but like what? I mean, but what would it be? Like, it'd be like four o'clock there. Yeah, it's right? four thirty. So my, 
for you guys, like that's perfect. You're not up as late. It's it, it it's yeah, a reasonable some of us time. Got kids, Joe. Well, I don't have kids, and I have to now leave my office early. Otherwise, so there's two reasons why now I have to leave early. Is I don't want to get stuck here watching the whole game at the office, and then two, the game is played on the way. I'm on the way home, so if I leave around kickoff time, I'm getting stuck in traffic for an hour and thirty minutes. So it the, the timing of it, I'm not very big fan of. Well, they're also not allowing tailgating at SoFi Stadium. They've never allowed it, which is completely ridiculous. It's it's a really What's weird game day environment. Behind that? What's the reasoning? Like, I, LA, <sighs> LA, LA, with all due respect, what are you worried Sucks. about? Littering? I, I think it's... And it's it's like with them not passing betting, it's like a self righteousness thing. I'm sure it's part for of whom? it. I'm sure that they want to keep things close. I, I don't know. for the Cal- says, Harry Weinstein says hello. <laughs> That's a wonderful reference to throw out there. But look, they don't. I've been to a Rams game before. They don't do it. They don't do any tailgating. It's 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 a joke that they don't. The area that the stadium's in is also just a a terrible spot for a stadium. There's nothing around it. There's you can't walk to a bar like there's nothing to go to before or after the game. You show up and then you leave and it's impossible to get in and out of the stadium. It's very overrated. It's a nice, very nice venue. One of the probably the nicest stadium I've ever been in. But this the surrounding infrastructure sucks. So I'm not surprised about the, the tailgating thing. And they shouldn't have allowed the national championship to be there. So we might we might talk on that. All right. So I do want to talk about Bobby Petrino. Um, actually, Joe, I want to talk about that. First, let's get that like knock that out really quickly, and then because we'll spend so much time on this game, then we can get into it. But let's do this. Let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. We'll be back in one minute, but before we get to our first commercial break, everybody stop collaborating. Listen, don't be a Rudy Pooh. Hit the like and share. There's so many of you that listen to us live on Facebook. Share those groups. Share your social media pages. Also, Joe, I made this announcement on AYS last night. I'll make it again here today. I you made fun of me a little bit, and I'm gonna ca- I'm gonna call you out on this one. You were right. Uh-huh. I, I put the time frame too short to give out money. <laughs> Two hundred dollars to someone if we get to five K subscribers or AYS on YouTube and a thousand on the Rafino and Joe show. So I'm giving out two hundred bucks. To if we can hit those goals, I think that those are very reasonable within a month time frame to get us there. So hit the like and share, subscribe, notification bell, and wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Joe, let's do this. Let's take our one and only break. We'll be back in 50 seconds. Let's talk a lot of college football. Ben Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. We're back! 
New Year, new show, same damn mm. audio board, baby. Let's get it rolling. <laughs> right, so listen, Joe, yesterday, Bobby Petrino was announced as the next offensive coordinator at Texas A&M. Jimbo advised, and they put out in a press release that Bobby Petrino will be calling plays. Here's my God's honest take on it. Look, at Missouri State last year, Bobby Petrino and the Missouri State, I think they're the Grizzly Bears or the Bears, whatever their mask, they went to Arkansas, and look, they were laying the smack it down on a mid-tier SEC team. I understand that he was on a motorcycle with a blonde. I understand, and I'm, I'm going to rest my case here, so brace yourself. You see what I did there? He is a really good offensive mind. He can do some good things offensively. I don't know how this is going to work out personality-wise. I think Jimbo and Petrino probably going to wind up hating each other. But here's my only thing with the Petrino thing. I still think Jimbo knows what he's doing offensively. He just hasn't adapted to the 21st century. I think the both of them coming together and using their heads for offensive game planning could be something interesting to watch out there in Aggieland. What do you think? I think it's a good pairing. I, them hating each other is definitely inevitable. And, and I'm sure that this was a an ongoing process. I'm sure that there were more qualified and better offensive coaches that were available or talked to that turned it down because of the circumstance of if Jimbo gets fired at the end of the year, you're also out of a job if you're the offensive coordinator that he picks. But it's kind of funny because Petrino's an older guy. Jimbo Fisher has a very archaic, old-school offense that he refused to change, and his way of fixing it is by bringing in another old guy to, to be his offensive coordinator and to call the plays. But separate from that, though, we do know one thing for certain, that Bobby Petrino is a really good offensive mind in the past. Lamar Jackson was at Louisville when Bobby Petrino was there. We knew and how listen, good Arkansas's and, offense was. And listen, to that to his credit, he went full spread. He went full zone read. Like yeah. you got to give him that now. Like the he's dude adaptive. Called, he's adaptive. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people rag me on this. Connor Weigman can play, dude. Their quarterback yeah. Weigman can play. The problem with AM is not going to be Petrino. It, it, it won't. You know what the problem is going to be? They have 27 dudes in the portal. 27. And maybe they can get some of those guys back with Petrino because I'm sure that a lot of them were separate from the other locker room drama. I'm sure that a lot of them were sick of the horrible offensive output, but they're returning Weigman. I think I, I'm going to mess up that pronunciation until I hear it enough times. But Connor Weigman's a really talented player. He's got a great arm. I think that if you can – more guys are going to hop in the portal, by the way, still. Uh, that's what I keep hearing is that there's still a timeline for some people to hop in. Yeah, we still I think have the spring. Three more guys that I, I even hear from an LSU perspective that's going to hit the portal. Joe, they'll have 30 dudes in the portal by Monday. Well, the, the flip side is if they can be successful in bringing in some other players from other programs, some good receivers, that's what the goal needs to be for Bobby Petrino if the, he wants to resurrect this. But I think this is just a last-ditch effort. I, I have a feeling, Blake, I hate to admit this, I don't think this is going to actually matter because Jimbo's going to get fired at the end of the year. That. This is a a desperate ploy to uh, divert attention. 
And it's a distracting hire. It's taking some attention away from Jimbo and it's delaying the inevitable. He's going to get fired midway through the season. It's going to happen. He's the I don't know if I can guard. I don't know if I can agree with that because Joe at the end of the day they're going to owe him 60 million dollars. But if they do that, Joe, they're not going to pay him 60 million to not coach. I, I I just don't see it. So how long, hypothetically, I want to pull up their schedule really quick for next year. Oh, it's Rudy Pooh. I, I mean, they, they play Rudy Pooh State, Dookie State, and Abilene <laughs> Christian or something <laughs> like that. You know, like they don't play anybody. That doesn't That's surprise me, but I, I, I just I feel, that, feel that, that why would why? you spend the money or why would you – Sorry, the echo was distracting me that we had for a second there. Um, there was just a brief echo that popped in. You have the money, and if you're if you've already committed to it, why would you keep spending money for him to continue to lose games? Like, wh- why am I spending well, that money just I to watch him I, lose? I don't know, but but the thing is, is they extended him. The problem was is that they extended him after he had a season at of nine and one, the COVID year. That was the mistake that they made. Well. In hindsight, yes. Okay. However, however, he was nine and one. So at, okay. at the beginning of next season, though, they start with New Mexico. They start win. with Miami. Win. Actually, that um, one's up in the air. I'm not going there. Right. Louisiana Monroe, there. Auburn, Arkansas, win. Alabama, and Tennessee before the bye. So you hypothetically, with that schedule, they to start the season, man, you could start three and four. You very likely could start three and four. Is is or that they can a start five and two? I just don't know how much you, runway you have after multiple a, a weak season and a good season the year before, a decent season the year before. You beat Bama, a dumpster fire. Like this is total yeah. worst case yeah. scenario for any football program. The the negative attention, the losses, the recruits hopping in the portal, all the money you spent to get those kids and they're leaving. I don't know. I just if you start with a losing record before your bye week or at five hundred, I don't think that's that's worth spending the money. Here's my thing. I don't think I think that whole nil thing and them paying kids is bull. I, I think it was BS. Do you want me to tell you why I think it was BS? Like. Some people are saying that they were getting paid 75. Some kids, freshmen, were getting paid $75,000 a year to go to Texas A&M. Why are those kids leaving? Well, Blake, they're losing. Well, let me just tell you something. There's there's not a lot of 18-year-olds, and let's be let's call it what it is. There's not a lot of people in the world that make $75,000 a year. Yeah. Joe, me and my wife combined make over, you know, we make we make a good living. I remember when we got together and I'm eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, okay? I would have taken a $75,000 a year job like that. Those kids are not making the money that everybody says that they're making. Let's get that let's get that yes, understood right absolutely. now. So, just so everybody knows, money talks and BS walks in a mother freaking tightrope. Those kids aren't getting paid what they're getting paid. But I agree with you. I don't think it's going to work. Here's why I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to be offensively. I think it's going to be defensively. Joe, they're losing too much. Mm. They're losing way too much depth on the line of scrimmage, linebacker, and then in secondary. Joe, they will have, just as a scenario, there's a very strong likelihood from the time that they hit conference play until they play LSU at the end, they're going to play somebody that they signed the year before that's a starter. Yeah. So – 
that alone, maybe outside of Alabama, I don't think anybody from A&M is going to Alabama at the current moment, but you got guys all across the board that should be starters for them that won't be there. A&M, if the right coach got in there, mm-hmm. they could do something special. But you can't go get a man from West Virginia not named Nick Saban and think it's going to work. You can't. You but, just can't. And Jimbo's not going to do it. He can't do it. Right. Jimbo's not the guy. So, like, that's where – how much longer – I think the, the question to be asked here is Petrino's <sighs> buying him some time. Maybe they have a, a bounce-back season where they finish with four losses. Like, that's the best case. Four, they're not getting fired. If he goes eight and four, he's not getting fired. That really sucks for the expectations for that program is, is eight and four. I totally agree I, I with you. I get it. I totally I agree it, with you. That, but if he goes eight, because Joe, who does he lose to? Does he lose to Tennessee? Does he lose to Alabama? How does he lose those games? You know, like, does he lose to LSU? Who's going to be returning to like probably 19 out of 22 starters? You know, like, it's very realistic for them. A really good season considering where they're at is eight and four. Yeah. Joe, like what, but people don't realize they've been a dumpster fire. What's even worse is, is that they fired Kevin Sumlin and he's done this records damn near the same as Jimbo's with Kevin Sumlin. That's the wildest thing to me, but I don't know. Someone was doing better in recruiting, except for that one-off year where Texas A&M had the greatest recruiting class ever. It doesn't matter anymore. Right. I mean, does that class really even give a shit anymore? No. They're losing everybody. It doesn't matter. Exactly. But the thing that I'm just so hung up on is, like, when do we make that transition? Are they just going to let him, like, get to the eighth year of his contract? And then when the buyout money is not as bad – it just sucks that that they're now in this position, a program that should be really freaking good. And right now, they're watching TCU play in a national championship game, another team in Texas that's supposed to be at a disadvantage. They're going to watch Texas be a really good team next year. And they're the, the joke of the state. At UTSA is putting out more competitive teams with better records. They played in a freaking bowl game. So did North Texas. They did nothing this year, and it's just – like to look around, and if you're that administration, mm. I think you got to fire him after the year. If if it's less than eight and four, you got to fire him. You got to move well, on. You know, you know, everybody in the South calls them Texas eight and four anyway. This year we just <laughs> flipped the numbers and called them Texas four and eight. You know, um, uh, I agree. They had the money to fire him. Let's not get that twisted. They can fire him. Yeah. I just don't know if they pay somebody $60 million not to coach. He, he's I, got I the greatest can't. agent. Is Sexton his agent? I think uh, Sexton's yes, Jimmy Sexton is, is his agent. That man, I don't, there's no agent Hall of Fame, but it should be named after him. It should be well, named after and, him and for the things about that this. he's done. Well, think about this. Well, he doesn't have Brian Kelly anymore, but he's got Mel Tucker. He's got your boy in Penn State. He's got uh, – uh, Kings. The, well, well, let's. Well, he's got Lane Kiffin, he's got Nick Saban, he's got Billy Napier. Uh, the truth is, if he gets paid two percent from each one of those coaches, oh my God, right? He's he's Michael Jordan out here with the with the performances he's he's going on with these negotiations. He is him and Trace Armstrong are the the yeah. absolute best in the business. Trace is catching up to him a little bit. You know, he's got Trace has got like. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he's got Lincoln Riley, which, by the way, before the show's in, I'm going to tell you whose lawn you got to mow since you lost fantasy. Oh, 
Um, but either either way, <laughs> either way, it's just I, I I do think he ultimately will get fired or retire. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Or maybe they can come to a mutual agreement and get a buyout lower than what he's got. Maybe Jimbo would do something like that. Who knows? All right. right. Let's flip the table, though, because nobody's here to really t- listen to us talk about uh, Bobby Petrino. We're here to talk about the dogs and the frogs. Joe, I- I'm going to go back to your the annoying dude that I've been. You knew it was coming. And I'm going to do the same. I, I, I got to be honest. I think this shit's about to get ugly. All right, give, give me the take. Give me the take. Okay. I I I just because here here's the thing that I can't I can't get over myself. What area does TCU beat them in? Let me give an example. We always speculated to some extent that TCU could ha- could out athlete Michigan. I don't think that we all were blown away by them having a little bit more team speed. Tell me one single area that Georgia is not better than TCU in. Name one. They're, they are better than them at every single position group. Even to the towel boy. I don't think there's a debate there. So then I just can't see it, man. Again, I'm too shadowed. I'm like, too here, shadowed. Here's my reasoning. And you can call You're me. Call, are you calling them to win? I'm calling TCU to win. I have rode oh them this God. far. I have what? rode them this far. Because, Blake, I said this on the last show. They are the most unpredictable, perfectly chaotic team in college football. Maybe of all time. They keep winning games that they're not supposed to win. They keep advancing further than they're supposed to. They should have been knocked off when they played Kansas early on in the season. Like they're they're a, such a confusing team for the success that they have produced on a week to week basis. And it's because they've got the magic, they've got the juice, they're playing with the confidence. They're riding high right now. They don't have exactly to your point the amount of athletes that Georgia has. They don't have the 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 same level of, uh, <laughs> of, not of beating them, Joe. Come on, we, but we said this again about Michigan. We said they were going to get waxed by Michigan, and you know what they did? They came out with a perfectly strategic plan on defense that worked extremely well. I know that they gave up a lot of points, but they knew. All right, you know, go ahead, get your points, JJ. Go ahead and do what you got to do. But they picked them off. They got two pick sixes because they forced mistakes to get the ball back in their hands exactly the way that I said it was going to happen. They, and on top of that, offensively, Max Duggan, Quentin Johnson, they were exploding for massive plays the whole game. They have this weird energy. I can't explain it. It just happens in football sometimes. I, I can't explain it. College football is chalky, though. It's chalky. Okay. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I, I I feel bad. Here's why I feel bad because I keep saying this shit and they keep winning. Now, exactly. That's my point. Yeah, but this is a different animal. This is a different animal, dude. They don't have. It's just a different animal. I, I'm gonna repeat what I said against Michigan, and God bless it, Georgia. If you don't make me look good on this one, I swear to God, I'll mow somebody's lawn for free. 
like you got to do, Joe. <laughs> I just, I like I, I. This is how I envision the game going. Can I be real? I, I'm not okay. trying to be rude to you. I know that you're a Notre Dame fan. I I knew this was coming. I, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be that Alabama Notre Dame game. Which one? The one in the national championship where it got bad, where Monte Teo's girlfriend magically the came back to life. 2012 <laughs> one. Way, what a wild documentary. It was. And I I said this to my uh I forget who I said it to. I do remember saying this to my girlfriend after I watched the documentary. I remember that was the worst day of my life. Like that tw- 2012 national championship game. That might have been the worst day of my life watching that game. Well, that's so the I remember worst day it of your life and you've lived a pretty good life. No, I've had, I've endured probably a lot worse things, but I just remember that was the most miserable I've ever been watching a game ever. All right, I lied. I don't think it's going to get that bad. I do think it's going to be within a two-score game. I just think ultimately Georgia's just got so – here's the difference. Michigan doesn't have the depth. Georgia does have the depth. Now – you know, what What was crazy that you said this about Georgia a week ago was as the game continued to go on, that pass rush kept getting to C.J. Stroud. Now, C.J. would ultimately do what we said he had to do mm. in using his legs finally to make explosive plays. My only thing was I went and watched that game, that TCU-Michigan game again today because I knew we were going to talk about this. Something's off with Max Duggan, dude. Something is off, and if if something is off when he plays Georgia, it it can get ugly. Now, would I sprinkle the money line for TCU in the plus fourteen? Yeah, I put five dollars on it already. Just to you know, if I lose five bucks, I lose five bucks. It is what it right. is. But he looked off against Michigan. When you look off against a team defensively like Georgia, you better pray to God some magic happens. Because, like, so, for example, the the drag route that he hit Quentin Johnston on that went for that went for seven. Yeah. George, that won't happen against Georgia. What Georgia wants to do defensively, they show you man-to-man coverage, and it's technically a zone. They literally, from 10 yards down, they keep everything in front of them. That's why when people say, damn, Georgia's defense looks fast. No, they're really not necessarily fast. They're just all sprinting to you because they're all in front of you, right? They're well-positioned. They're very well-positioned. The teams that have the most success against them are what? The teams that go deep. Why? Because then they have to start utilizing that speed, okay, and have to start guarding. I just don't know, Joe, if Max Duggan can has enough juice to take them over the top. Is he? A, am I rooting for him? Okay, cool. Yeah, but but you can't ignore him going. Joe, he went 50 percent against Michigan. Fifty percent. Yeah, he had a he had a pretty one of his worst performances statistically. He still and stepped up and I, made I big can make plays. The argument, it, the team, the games that he's had the toughest competition, he's had his worst his worst days. Can, can I ask you this though? You're talking about something's off. You I didn't notice it as much, but like, what what injury do you think? Like, what does it look like? What's is he the limping? leg sleeve for? What's the leg sleeve for? So you think it's like a knee injury or a calf? Well, well and anybody that's played a sport, played baseball, whatever, you and I told you this during yeah. the game. 
dude, when you so I don't know people can't see me, but when you're planning and you gotta hit the hip, you know, you gotta do the whole Dak Prescott, uh, uh, he's not getting as much force as he normally does. Go back and watch that Kansas game that you were talking about. Watch him just absolutely be violent with his hips. Then go to Michigan and watch him be like, something's off, dude. Something with that right leg that he had, or right or left leg, whichever one. I think I'm pretty sure it was the right leg. Whatever he's got going on there, something just feels off to me. I, I don't know what it is. And if it is, if it is, then they're in trouble. They, now, I, I will say this. Mm-hmm. I do think Georgia's offense early might be in a little bit of trouble, too. So don't that three three five gave them a lot of troubles, or Michigan a lot of troubles. Does it give Georgia troubles? Right, like we for the for Georgia's offensive sake, I actually do think that TCU could not remove completely that Georgia offense, but at least effectively neutralize them to keep the game a little bit closer. Because I I look at Georgia's offense. There's a lot of good players. They've got a quality offensive line. Brock Bowers is obviously elite. But are they really that flashy and explosive that they're going to throw up a ton of points on this this TCU defense, a really well-coached TCU defense? Again, I said this on the last show. We can't use that physicality argument anymore because they took it to Michigan. The stunts that they were running, the the confusion that they were causing against a Michigan offensive line that is better than the Georgia offensive line I think that they can cause a lot of problems and keep this game low scoring. So for me, if if you can limit Georgia to 28 points or less, you get a couple huge big splash plays, which we know that they are capable of doing on any down. That's what keeps this game within a touchdown, possibly on a final drive. And I, if TCU finishes with the football, I have all my faith in them to score on that drive if they need to. Look at the look at the leg brace. That is a thick sleeve. It's an extremely thick. Well, so and let me tell you something. As someone who's had two ACL surgeries, yeah, brother, and, and I don't know. Let me see if I can zoom in here. There's a fat sleeve that he's wearing. It's that is not a um, it's not an appearance thing either. No, like, that's, that's not like, that's so not that a right there. Though. So, Joe, look at look at like that's a thick, thick sleeve on that leg, which makes me beg the question: What's going on there? And then, if you notice, what you can't really see here, he's got double tape. He's double taped up. His he's ankle. double spatted up. He's got it on the outside of his cleat, and then he's got it in the inside of his cleat. Okay, now look at look at this photo right here. Okay. Look at this photo right here of him trying to just com- complete. It, it's not really working that well. Like him just even trying to remotely complete something in his general area has been so, like, it looks like he's strained. So look, I just say that to say this something to me feels that like it's off. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's too big of a compression sleeve. We'll see. We'll see. Now has Sonny Dykes and TCU proven me wrong before? Yes. A lot. No, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. You talked about the so – Hold I, on now. Hold on now. Okay. Daddy said that they was going to lose to Kansas State, and what happened? 
Well, okay, but you what said happened? that they were going to – They lost. Happened? They lost, but you were, you said that they were going to lose every single week leading up to that. You said that they were going to lose oh, against Texas. You said true. they were going to lose against no, Baylor. No, yes. No, that's yes. not true. That's not true. We can play the tapes. I said they didn't belong. Now I look like a dumbass. Okay, I'll admit okay. I look like a little bit of a dumbass. All right, well. Okay. okay. I didn't say they was going to lose. You know what happened? Let me tell you, Georgia is more – well, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. The Georgia's got just too much speed, too much power. I feel like to, to for them to take on, dude. You got to admit, you got to admit that it, it 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 seems unrealistic that TCU goes out there and beats them. It definitely feels unrealistic. Okay, thank I, you. I I don't disagree that it. But here's where I get confused when talking about this game is that. I try to have logic. Like, I try to have a logical prediction for the game. Logic would say, in this instance, that the physically more dominant, better team with the guy who's going to be a top-two pick in Jalen Carter and all of those athletes that they have on defense and at, at some spots on offense, their, their receivers are good. They're not, like, super, super explosive receivers. All those guys, that they should blow them out. That's what logic would dictate, like you're talking about earlier, but I can't put too much of an emphasis on a logical decision here because, again, TCU will watch them get their asses kicked, play in and play out, and then Quentin Johnson takes a, a long pass for a touchdown. Kendry Miller breaks for yeah, a long run who might not play. At some point, you're going to get burned by that, though. And how and so? When you live by the sword, it's, at some point, you're going to die by the sword, too. It, do they die by the sword this one, or do they never do it? He, but here, you, here's the thing that worries me about Georgia, and it's not on the field. You know what worries me about Georgia? They're going literally all the way across the United States. They're going from Georgia yeah. to L.A. That bothers me. That bothers me. People don't talk about time zones or, or things like that. Now, I know that they'll get out there a week early and all this kind of Rudy poo. But that worries me. I don't know if they actually got out here that early because of, and I, maybe I'm misunderstanding the information that was given to me, but for the, the media availability for uh, the national championship game, it made it seem like today was when they arrived, today on Thursday. So, like, I don't oh, okay, totally yeah. know if, so which is. So they got the entire weekend to pretty much get ready. And that's for somebody who's made makes that transition all the time. When I travel to New Jersey for holidays and I come back and, and whatnot, it's tough to get reacclimated on both ends. It's not easy, something that you can do in a couple of days. So, like, that's a really good point. And I think something that's not going to be talked about at all is the distractions that come with Los Angeles. It is a very distracting city, and there are a lot of ways that you can get yourself into some messy situations, especially where they're probably staying, which is near the stadium, and not in a very good surrounding area, which is near the airport. So it's not like they're going to, to Atlanta or they're going somewhere in Texas to, to, to play at Jerry World. The, the, this area sucks where the, the stadium that they're playing, which we were talking about earlier. It's not a great environment. So again, that's a, a distraction to consider. You know what I was thinking about earlier today too? So I will pick TCU, but nothing for on the field. Do you remember the last time a team tried to win back-to-back -back national titles and in the national championship game, and a team played Texas to try to do a team from Texas to try to do it was USC Texas with Vince Young. Yes. Vince Young 
became was second in the Heisman voting. So was Dugan or Duggan. One team's from Texas. One team's trying to repeat. It's in LA. There, it's oh, kind of freaky when you think about like history repeating itself. Like nobody thinking on God's green planet. Now let let's be let's be truthful. TCU is not that Texas team. That Texas team that beat USC was really was, freaky, was yeah. really freaking good. That they would cream TCU. I just like the history. I will vote and bet on history more than I'll bet on a team. Like <laughs> I'm just telling you, I will because history always repeats itself. It does. Right. It's it's a funny parallel to make, and, it, and there's no direct correlation, but it you're right. It, the last time that we had two teams repeat, it's been a while. And sometimes when you, you have Alabama in 11 and 12 was the last time literally yeah. 10 years ago. And I think that being able to look right. back at previous examples, I think you're right. And being able to look back at previous examples are super important. And I don't think we do it enough, especially in a circumstance like this. We also have taken the consideration that Georgia didn't look prepared to play against Ohio state. I, that shouldn't be a hot take the way that they started that game flat. They went down early. They had to crawl their way back in. And the only reason they won that game is because they were just more talented than Ohio State was by a very slight smidge. And they knew how to play in a game like that, that they could fight their way back in. I don't know. It feels very eerily, uh, you know, that that sense of Georgia being very hubristic, showing up to this game and thinking, oh, we're going to kick the crap out of these guys. They're probably watching in film right now and thinking, these guys don't have anything anything on us. We're gonna we're gonna smack them. This is the, look how undersized they are on their offensive and defensive line. That approach, which which they've done multiple times this season, also they did it against Mizzou. They did it against Kent State. It's something to consider. They they've been weirdly overly uh, um, looking past teams and not respecting their opponents. You're not wrong, which is. You see, the problem with a team like TCU and this thing is you're not wrong. Like you, everybody, everybody loves the underdog until the dog, the real dog, gets off the bus. Okay, I don't think. I, I, look, I don't necessarily agree with Georgia necessarily looking ahead past Ohio State. I think Ohio State just got as a. I think Ohio State was a really talented team that finally found a way to put it all together. I think that the best game that they played was a loss. The best game that Ohio State played was against Georgia, and they had a month to prepare for it, okay? They utilized their athletes. I just don't think – like, I will be honest. If games games like this are games against matchups, and I don't – you know, if Georgia can impose their will – like Stetson Bennett, man, like there's something there with him. Can they win? And, and why I think that they'll be focused, this is why I think they'll be focused, meaning Georgia. Mm -hmm. They could be back-to-back -back na national champions. I don't think that they're going to have a worry about being focused in this one. Like, I, I really you, don't. Are you saying that they can show up without being focused and they'll be fine? No, I, I think they're going to be more focused than they were probably against Ohio State because now it's a natty, right? Like, now, now it's like, hey, you can be better than last year's team. And Joe, I will be honest. If they win, if they win, I think that this Georgia team will be better than last. It's more complete than last. That means I'd say better. 
they're more complete this year than they were last year. Yes, because they're more well-rounded on offense. And Stetson no had a dumpster fire of a game last year. It was something that that no one really talked about. Like he was a he had a really bad performance. He had multiple turnovers, I believe. I don't remember what it exactly was off the top of my head. But if it wasn't for like the late antics, we wouldn't be talking about him in the same light. But he progressed. He got better. Everyone was joking. Why the hell is Stetson Bennett going back to Georgia? Why isn't Brock Vandergrift the, the next guy just going to take over? Does he even win that starting job? And he improved to a point where now people summary, somehow, somehow are talking about him as an NFL draft prospect, which I still think is insane. But they are more well-rounded because of Stetson Bennett. They might have well, some le Stetson, less weapons. Stetson, Stetson did score 20 points in the fourth quarter last year in that national championship game. Mm -hmm. He scored 18 to beat Ohio State. So when you talk about being clutch, Stetson Bennett might be one of the more, more clutch quarterbacks in college football that we've seen. Seriously. Because last year, if I'm not mistaken, he went like – let me just pull this up. I, got, I know I got it from my notes for tonight. All right, mm -hmm. Stetson Bennett last year went 17 of 26 for 224 yards and two touchdowns in that game, in the national championship game last year. He didn't really need to do that. Here was the thing with Stetson Bennett, though. He he did have a tendency. Now, here's where I think TCU can beat him. You ready? Here's the only hope. They got to get after Stetson Bennett. No team, if you really think about it, there hasn't been a team in the country so far that's, like, really gotten after him. He's at least that quarterback in the country for a reason. That offensive line is really good. Yeah. The year the the re, the reason Bama beat him the first time last year and then almost beat him again and why you seen teams beat him, Stetson Bennett got pressure in the interior and they got sacks. Can TCU generate any type of pressure? Can they show some goofy things defensively and, and this three three five that confuses Georgia enough for them to get home against Stetson Bennett? Joe, if if TCU has four sacks, they might win it. I really believe that because if you're start if you start getting Georgia behind the chains and behind the sticks, it takes them out of their rhythm of their offense. They like to go play action. They like to go seam routes to the big tight ends. They like to run the football. They like to run some comebacks and outs and stuff like that. You got to get pressure on Stetson Bennett, and if you do, you you can win. That is the only key in the game for me. Is is that get after him, and if you do, you can win. I don't think it comes down offensively. I think it comes down to you got to stop Stetson Bennett. You got LSU, T or LSU, Tennessee. You know, Tennessee sacked him the most this year. Did you know that? Blanked him in the second Tennessee half. Tennessee did. Tennessee did. Blanked him in the second half. They got to find ways to get to him because if they don't, they're not going to win this game. I'm telling you, they're not. He's Absolutely. Too, too good. I absolutely agree with that, and what has made Stetson so much better is what you talked about with that offensive line. They didn't – I don't think they lost any of those guys to the NFL. It's pretty much the same group that he had last year, and it's easy for a guy like Stetson who is limited athletically, very, very limited athletically, and also, as you're saying, benefits from the scheme where he can rely on play action, he can rely on Brock Bowers – to do all those things, it, it, it's it's been easy for him. It's been really easy for him. He hasn't had a lot of pressure in his face. And again, that's another reason why like, I have some confidence in TCU defensively. 
they are really well coached. Schematically, they're one of the more difficult teams to stop. And maybe you don't get home, but you force them into a third and long by getting stops on first and second down against the run. Right. You like you got to get them off as smart. Like if you don't get home, you got to have Joe, you're going to think I'm crazy. You got to have 20 pressures. I don't think that's uh, 20 might be. You got to get to him 15 plus. Well, if he's throwing the ball 35 to 40 times a game like he did the w- last week, that's just half. That's getting to him. At, that's getting pressure on him. Half his snaps, half, half of his throws. That's not chaotic. That's not mm-hmm. chaotic. So Jordan Burch, the top, the talented tight end, I mean the talented DN. Did you know that he had like forty pressures this year? Forty. Did he really? He just yes. He just couldn't get home. Forty. Well, they're not really a team. I feel like that is. They're more disruptive than closing. Well, you gotta have goofy people getting pressures and sacks. Yeah. You gotta let that other. You know, a three three five for the listeners that don't know. Three down linemen, three linebackers, two safeties, two corners, okay? Safeties, linebackers, everybody's got to come off the edge. They got to find ways to get to him in the interior. They're just going to have to find – I don't know. Do you do stunts and twists and – well, that's what they've been doing all season do. long, though. The, those stunts and twists are, are what have, have caused the, the the problems for some of their opponents, and it worked against Texas and it worked against Michigan, which are two equally comparable good offensive lines. They're up there in the conversation for for best offensive lines in the country alongside Georgia's offensive line. All right, so you're picking TCU straight yes. money line. I am taking them. To, I'm not putting money on this because I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it, but I am at least saying that TCU covers that 12-point spread that has been uh, floated out there by a lot of books. Should have taken it at 14. It's Yeah, it's moving because uh, everyone's taking it. It's a horrible line. It's an egregious line, I, and it, I it annoys me. Egregious. I don't think it's egregious. But it – well, for, for betting reasons, it's – Everyone's gonna take that. Everyone's gonna take that that number, and I I don't think that they're gonna lose by fourteen plus points. I don't think that's realistic. They've got a little bit of juice. Like they're not that bad. They've made it this far. I got three little letters for you. Are you ready? Uh oh. S E C. S E C. And that's why you're. Are you taking Georgia to cover? Yep. I am. I hate that so much. I hate that. Why? So because <laughs> it's a lot of points. I hate that. I, that's well, just... isn't a lot of points. Not in college, it's not. You, uh, I, I can't explain it. I just hate it. I absolutely hate it. Okay. Well, let's make a little small wager, shall we? Okay. What do we? What, what do you uh, want to wager? No, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to get myself in so much tr- you know why I'm not going to bet against TCU? Because the last time I did that, I, I looked like a damn fool. I just I, I just ultimately think that they just don't have enough. Like, I just don't think that TCU has enough. How did Kansas State beat them? How did Kansas State beat them? You tell me. They beat them by not getting any pressure, Okay. Deuce Vaughn went wild. And you know what what's the truth was? And I think that Michigan got away from this. Georgia's not going to go away from their game plan. Neither did Kansas State. 
No. They're not they're Kansas State's gonna do exactly what they want to do, whether you stop it or not. Here's another thing. I just think that JJ McCarthy I think if JJ does not JJ McCarthy doesn't throw those two pick sixes, they lose. Well, they, absolutely, but like they lose. he still threw two pick sixes. They That's still true. got the maybe they don't run it. The maybe they don't run it back. That, though. He turned the ball over against Ohio State. I think that those turnovers yeah, are definitely on the once, table. Though. I mean yeah, I, I mean, I get that. That's once. I mean, that's not a pick six. I, that's not a 14-point swing, though. The only thing, and you brought up Deuce Vaughn, that game that they lost. Like, I think it's just such a unique circumstance because Deuce is such a hard player to tackle, and he's a hard player to stop. And if he gets hot, he is exploded for massive, massive games. He's so freaking small. He's like a mouse. He's He's so hard to tackle. And I just think that they caught a really good matchup. The TCU's guys weren't twitchy enough to, to tackle a guy like that. Speed though, either you know, like and, and somebody said that in the chat. They that that's right, Chad Selfa. They don't have speed. They don't have Georgia's but, speed. Is it that much of a, a, a disparity in in terms I, of the speed hell of the receivers? Yeah, hell yeah, it is. Hell yeah, it is. I, they don't have those same guys that they had last year. Like George Pickens was was a really flashy receiver they've got good receivers this year but didn't even play last year until a national title game well he did play in the game though but my one play you know what he did he had one catch for 52 yards you do know that one catch 52 yards i thought he i remember he i remember that catch but i'm trying to remember he played one play one play i didn't realize he played that but i'm 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 talking about all over Mm. the place yeah i'm talking about all over the place i i just don't you know it's hard arguing you you because I look like a fool the last time, but God bless it. If I win, I'm going to come in here and be like, you uh, idiot. I might not show up for that show when we. <laughs> you better. When we recap you the game. All right. Uh, we're got about five more minutes here. Uh, and then I, we got to uh, we got to hop out. Okay. All right. Let's do this. So you pick you pick TCU. I pick Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll We'll leave it there. Do you have a top 10, like, in no specific order that you think teams that are going to be in the top 10 next year? before? Because after this game, we're going to start really previewing into next season. We might even, and you know, people say we can't talk basketball. Bullshit. We're going to talk a little basketball, too, I hope. Hopefully, this isn't a strict football. Like, you know, maybe. I don't know. Anywho, we'll figure it out. Anywho. Okay. Who are some teams in your top 10 going into next year? I think the and, easy and is there a clear number one going into next year? I don't think that there's a clear number one because there's now a shakeup with with Georgia. Your Stetson's gone, and there's other guys that are taking that leap forward to the NFL. So there's always an opening for a setback for a, a team like Georgia. But Georgia is going to be in the in that top ten. Alabama, no matter what happens, is still going to be in that top ten. I think Tennessee, if Joe Mil- Milton can put things together will be in that conversation. LSU, assuming that they are riding off of the momentum oh, that they're having. That tiger. I, I had to put them in, otherwise you would have come for my head. Uh, I think Notre Dame Is getting it Sam Hartman. to have them in the top 10? No, it's not. I okay. I, I don't think it's – I don't, I would have put, put them in there, there regardless. Me. Put them at number was, 11 see what happens. I was putting them in there regardless, but – I knew that that if I did not, you would have gotten upset. I think Sam Hartman for Notre Dame is a, is a huge final piece, and they're not losing oh. that many players. The only offensive lineman that they lost is Jarrett Patterson. They're bringing all those guys back. 
they lost Michael Mayer, but they're returning most of their starting offensive weapons. They're returning most of their, their starting defensive players. That Notre Dame team under Sam Hartman, I think, is going to be really, really competitive. USC, Oregon, Utah deserve the respect. The question is, is I don't know if I can commit to TCU right now without knowing what happens with this team and who 100% leaves. I am reluctant to put them in the top 10 because Duggan and Quentin Johnson are fantastic players. It, those are significant losses. But if I had to pick like just one team from the Big 12, it's probably going to be Texas. Oklahoma could be in that conversation as well with the way that they clean up in the portal. And Dylan Gabriel was returning. Yeah, and he's returning. The last one, mm-hmm. I think I'm at like eight or nine teams. I don't. I wasn't counting in my head. UCLA deserves some respect. I, I think UCLA has done oh, had a really s- sneak. They've had a really sneaky uh, recruiting class. Uh, they've had some really sneaky pickups in the portal. I, I think that you think Dante Moore starts. Absolutely. I think that that goofy guy from Kent State is fine, but I am starting Dante Moore. Dante Moore, some argue, some argue, and I am one of these people that if Arch Manning's name was not Arch Manning, Dante Moore would have been the number one quarterback in the class. And I think that he should have been the number one quarterback in the class. He's ready to start right away. And he fits perfectly with Chip Kelly wants to run. That's probably my sneaky pick. I don't disagree with you on the Arch Manning thing. I've seen the kid play in person multiple times. I'm not. He's gonna... good. He's not number one recruit. Um, here's the thing with the Mannings. Sometimes you got to throw out everything you see of them in high school, mm-hmm. because look, Eli sucked in high school. Sucked in high school. He's two time Super Bowl champion. He tore the SEC up when he was here at times. We'll see with with Arch. Um, I, I agree with you on everything. I still I do agree. Sam Hartman makes Notre Dame a much better football team. USC returns their Heisman Trophy winner. I don't really have a team in the Big Twelve. I, I think that you could just insert one and be like, and give me an argument, and I'd be like, it's yeah, going to okay. be so random. It like it might be yeah. Kansas State next year. Give me Kansas. Well, Shit. I mean, it could, <laughs> it could be Kansas State, but you know they lose Deuce Vaughn and others. Um. You didn't mention Michigan. I still think that you got to throw Michigan in there. They're still a playoff team, back-to-back playoff team. They return J.J. McCarthy. They return a lot of dudes. I'm not willing to throw out Ohio State and Michigan just yet, but here's my sleeper team. Mm -hmm. They have the biggest week one game in the country. I think that Florida State's a top-10 team. They have absolutely dominated in the portal. They got a kid named Braden Fisk. From Western Michigan, who's an absolute. Well, he's a he. Well, regardless, he's a stud. They got Fentro Cypress from Virginia, who who also is a stud. Dude, they are cleaning up in the portal, which I think that we have probably. I'm going to say this: of teams in the top ten, they're maybe are evenly matched going into week one, like. We remember, like, all these teams in week one, like, Georgia plays Oregon. Well, that's going to be a domination. Like, that, they're not really competitive. Mm-hmm. I think Florida State and LSU are very evenly matched in a lot of areas. I think it's going to be the best week one game that we've seen uh, interconference-wise in a long time in the regular season. I'm going to put Florida State because they ter- they returned Jordan Travis. They returned – now, Ward left, but they got, you know, Jaheim Bell from – your favorite yeah. team in the SEC, South Carolina. Dude, they're, they've they just gotten so much better. 
if they win the – I'm going to make a prediction right now, and we're not even done with this season. Florida State's winning the ACC. I'm calling it. Absolutely. I, I think absolutely. I think that there's a shakeup with North Carolina, and I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. that they, Who's Drake May going to throw it to? Exactly. Uh, uh, Josh Downs is gone. Clemson sucks. I, I'm I'm tired of like trying I, to pretend. I'm off they, the train. I'm with they, you. you. They lost. They're losing their whole defensive line, and they didn't replace them with anybody. They stink. Absolutely, Florida State wins the ACC. Jordan Travis is an interesting draft prospect. He's an interesting draft prospect. He's not the best at any. Yeah. You know what he is? He's the Coca-Cola Kellen Mond. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is it it's saying a good thing because Kellen Mond's the great value of himself. <laughs> he's the Walmart version of himself. And Jordan Travis is the Coca-Cola or Pepsi, yeah. whatever you want to call him. So, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I saw a kid today. Before we get out of here, I saw a kid today. There was we were in, so I was going to get lunch, and mm -hmm. there was this homeless guy clearly on drugs. Well, I was thinking about this when I said Coke. And this mom and his son were holding hands, and we're about to go walk into this Mexican restaurant. Okay, going. To, I was going to eat lunch with some buddies of mine. So we're walking in here, and the mom tells the little boy he's probably eleven or twelve, mm -hmm. and she says, "Son." Don't ever do Coke. He goes, well, Mom, I would never do Coke. I'm a Pepsi man. <laughs> <laughs> and I, listen, uh, I, I busted out laughing. She was laughing. I got to admit, when I said the Coca-Cola, it made me think of that kid today. It was pretty funny. All right, Joe, so this has been a good one. Maybe we do something on Sunday. I don't know yet. We'll, I guess we'll see. We'll um, We'll reconvene. Until then, man, it's been a good episode, a good show. Well, you know what team we didn't put in the top ten to? Nobody we didn't mention? What do you do with Bama? Well, I mentioned him. Oh, I didn't hear that. I, I think I think Bama's gonna Usually be. Usually anytime someone sends Bam you know, says Alabama, I hear uh, <laughs> two uh, lost Bama teams ranked though, regardless. They're ranked in the top ten no matter what. Yeah. The truth is, the truth, you want to know the truth, they'll be in the top five. Yeah. Nobody in the preseason is going to rank them outside the top five. No. It's not going to happen. No. They, they, you know, they, bro, you can have Jesus Christ at quarterback. They're not going to do it. Okay. All right. We're out of here. We'll see y'all soon. See y'all later. Blake Rafino and Joe DeLeon.